Hello and welcome to Quick Link Podcast on Tuesday the 6th of April. Just the one race on the schedule today, that was day two of the Tour of the Basque Country, where road racing really gets underway after yesterday's individual time trial. We've also got the ninth part of Jez Cox's A to Z of road racing tactics, that's part I. Let's start in Spain, because it's been quite chilly here in Hampshire today. Astana Premier Tech took a 1-2 on day two of its Zulia, with Alex Aramburu's late attack upsetting the apple cart and delivering the team's first win of the year, leaving just Intermarché Wante Gobert as the sole World Tour team without a pro win in 2021. Over the 154.8km route from Zala in Biscay to Sestao on the estuary of Bilbao, the day's break consisted of seven riders, including John Irisari of Kaya Rural, who we saw as the last man from the break to fall on Saturday's GP Miguel Indurain, and Quinton Hermans of Intermarché, whose six KOM points over the first two Cat 3 climbs would see him collect the mountains jersey this evening. The pace of the peloton was high going to the base of La Asturiana, being driven up the front by Astana and Bahrain, and the gap hitting the day's Katu climb was inside 20 seconds. That's where the race really lit up. Oscar Cabedo of Burgos went solo from the break, but as his companions were picked off one by one by the bunch, a counter-attack by David Gaudal of FDJ and Tade Pogaccia of UAE went, chasing Jefferson Shepeda of Kadja Rural. Richard Carapaz of Ineos went too, but he crashed on a tight bend. Michael Woods of Israel Startup Nation then bridged, and race leader Primoz Roglic of Jumbo Visma came with him, soon followed by the other big GC contenders. Max Schachmann of Bora and Roglic had an attack of their own, with Brandon McNulty of UAE and Sergio Higuita of EF in hot pursuit. Alex Aramburu then attacked with 10k to go at the bottom of the first part of the descent, and pulled out a lead of 20 seconds to eventually claim his fourth pro win, all of which have come on home Spanish soil. Alex Aramburu of Astana Premier Tech wins. Teammate Omar Fraile uh, leads home the bunch sprint for second, 15 seconds back. Tadej Pogacar of UAE, Team Emirates in third. Fourth, David Gaudel, fifth, Michael Woods, and then Roglic, Shackman, Landa, Higita, and Valverde, P6 to P10. Primoz Roglic extends his GC lead by three seconds with Aramburu up to second, and McNulty slips to third after his group shipped four seconds to the first group of chasers. Pogaccia is fourth at 24 seconds, Adam Yates fifth at 28, and then Shackman, Vinegard and Freiler are all sub-40. Tomorrow sees 167.7km from Amurio to Laudio, two Cat 3 climbs in the first third of the stage, then the Cat 2 Malcoato coming 10k from the finish line, which is atop the 3k long 10% Cat 1 Santa Maria del Yamo. And now it's time for our regular Tuesday feature with Jez Cox. You'd have heard him on the mic for Eurosport and GCN on Saturday at the Gran Premio Miguel Indurain. And he's got a topical insight from that race for part I of his A to Z of road racing tactics. Here he is. Hello, Quicklinkers. This week's tactic is brought to you by the letter I. I for invisibility. Becoming invisible. As I record this, I've just hours ago finished live TV commentary for the GP Miguel Indurain. All of the eventual top 10 were very evident throughout. Those of you who saw it will know what I'm talking about. And they were evident for most of the last 100k. Lots of them put themselves in the wind just in order to be there, of course. But then came Elie Gesbert, the 25-year-old Frenchman on the Arcaire Samsic team. I literally hadn't seen him all race, and not even in the finale, but he was there, tucked in and ready to get what is a big result in a, uh, in a one pro race and shed a whole load of UCI points, of course, which as we know are vital 
for the teams and for riders securing contracts. So he came fifth on the day. So how do these guys do it then? How many times the races amongst you, how many times in local races have you heard the words uttered at the finish, where on earth, clean version, did he come from? I didn't even see him all race, as if it's a sanctionable offence. Of course it's not. It's clever, it's covert, it's black ops at its absolute best. Personally, I love the utterly reasonable feeling that he who worketh hard getteth the result. But as keeps coming up in these tactics series, racing isn't always fair. It's not always nice. And the final result is actually, well, kind of all that matters once the race is done anyway. So there are some things that you can do in a race in black ops mode. It certainly helps to be small, like Elie Gesbert. Two, not wearing a Mathieu van der Poel style stripy jersey and white shorts combo or a longer Borghini style Italian champ suit. And as for Golden Greg, well, he may as well have a flashing light on his head, the poor thing. Number three, it certainly helps not being asked to do anything near the front by your team. Ideally, don't even be in a team. But crucially, number four, it helps to have the ability to make like a limpet, drift on the back of a zone in the bunch, which will have, trust me, its own chapter in this series. That place, of course, is known as the sweet spot. Pushing on a little and then backing off just enough to not be expected to come through and do anything. It's nowhere near as easy as it sounds, of course, just like any of these tactics. But the simple principle remains, in its elemental sense anyway. Don't see the wind and don't be seen. Of course, if you're strong enough to be there, then a certain amount of ego retraction is going to be needed to be done in order to prevent you from being noticed. And in a way, that last part is the key, really. Quiet covert, no eye contact, nothing expected of you, and yet you are always there. Efforts are anticipated, and the rolling out of others' egos ahead of you merely becomes the coattails that you ride. Inside you're smug, but outside you're... Well, I, I don't know, because I can't see you. You are invisible. Until the results sheet, of course. See you next week. As ever, you can catch Jez on Twitter at JezCox, J-E-Z-C-O-X, or at JezCox.com. He'll be back next week with part J. Now, I don't think we've had a Velo Games update since Flanders, so in our Super Classico season-long lead, the top three are currently Max's Cycling Thoughts, Patrick Blate, and Adam Killeen, while in the Spring Classics squad competition, the podium there is currently occupied by John O'Bevan, Niels Buchanan and John's Iron Scallies. The Women's Classic competition has opened with the first race at Flanders. That's led by John's Iron Scallies ahead of George Poole and Matt Gilmore. Next up is Charles de Priest. That's tomorrow, the Sprinters Classic. But we are expecting blistering cold weather and snow along the North Sea coast and the Scheldt River. So it may well not go to a bunch finish in either the men or women's races. If either goes the full distance, that is. 194k is on the cards for the chaps. Tomorrow you'll hear our reaction from those races, as well as day three at Itzulia, and then on Thursday it's time for another feature interview, this time with Jake Stewart, World Tour rider with Group Armour FDJ. He sat down with myself and Inigo this afternoon, and we chatted all things cycling. Until you hear us next, take care. 
Thanks for listening to QuickLink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news, results, opinion and chat. We'll be back tomorrow with another show, but in the meantime, you can hear all of our previous episodes at quicklinkpod.co.uk and find us across social media at quicklinkpod. If fantasy cycling is your thing, our Velo Games show league code is 57273217. Like and subscribe, rate and review, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye now.